Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi. With me this week are my fantabulous co-hosts, Liz Harper and Joe Perez. How y'all doing? I hope you're doing better than me. I'm a giant miniature space hamster. It's been a week. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely are, been are a you week. Literally, are, are you literally a giant space hamster, Joe? There I mean, is a, there is I, a I 0% I, chance that I do not go to the store and try to find a costume. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they make hamster uh, kigurumis. I, I'm going to see if I can find one. I will absolutely wear it <laughs> for Saturday, 100%. No shame. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm just imagining Joe in his hamster costume with his arms folded over his chest aggressively with a no regrets thing flashing over his head. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we should probably talk about other stuff than hamsters. Uh, but we will actually probably get back to the hamster discussion. Uh, but we should talk about, first off, we should talk about Dragonflight. Um, I, I kind of want to just jump into this because they just released yet another you know, of their various phases for Dragonflight with uh, new characters. For instance, Holy Paladins and Warlocks are now in the uh, in the alpha. They've, they've got a new zone to explore. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but I've got it in the email because Liz sent it out. Honoran. On Ahran? I'm not sure. I'm probably not saying that right. Honoran Plains. Yeah, it looks, yeah, like O-H-N apostrophe A-H-R-A-N. Why does it have an apostrophe in it? I don't know. People just like to put apostrophes in things to try and indicate something sounds fancy. But apostrophes yeah, you, are cool. Okay, that's just that's just the rules. Yeah, but there's actually a lot here. So we've got the the Azure Vault and Brackenhide Hollow are open. Those are new dungeons. Um, the talent swap has changed. You you don't have to be in a rested area. You just have to be out of combat. You can't do it in a Mythic Plus dungeon or in a rated PvP match. And there's a five-second cast time to swap talents. But that's I much more, le- much I more lenient than it currently is. 
I'm not sure if the cast time is for swapping individual talents or just for like if you're swapping loadouts. I haven't tested that, but that's what the post said. I can like if you're swapping complete builds. We can click buttons. We can find out things. This is uh, real investigative reporting happening here. It is, in fact. Um, Matt is currently clicking on things and taking a look as we speak. <laughs> it's always it's always exciting when new talent builds come into the alpha. It's like it's a world of new possibilities and new disappointments. But I I retain faith that Blizzard is listening to our feedback, and they have actually made a lot of changes in addition to. Uh, adding holy paladins and um warlocks this week they've made pretty big changes to preservation of ochre marksmanship and survival hunter as well as the core hunter talent tree retribution and protection paladins pretty significantly into red i haven't really looked at red yet and uh elemental and restoration shaman got some updates i think there was just one restoration update arms fury warriors as well as the core warrior tree mm-hmm. so Everything there are a lot wrong. of talent changes yeah, everything huh? but proc. Everything but prot warriors got got pretty significant changes. Prot yeah. warriors didn't yet. I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying they didn't yet. Yeah. So, okay, that's. I'm just doing this on the fly. I'm just trying to get enough talent <laughs> that they'll. They put in a thing where where you have to have a certain amount of talents to save your talents. You basically have to spend every point before you can save them. So you can't save them halfway, uh, which I think is weird. But it's what they did. So I'm basically just trying to climb down this tree fast enough that we can find out. Come on, come on, get on. There we go. You have to find you the ones that you want would be you know much better than what click I'm doing right thing, now. Click the thing. Click the thing. Yeah, I'm just clicking things. Derp, derp, derp. I mean, I'm also making a little. Uh, I mean, that's just basically hamster noises myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, certainly one of the biggest complaints I've heard about the talent system is it's just so heckin' complicated. There are so many buttons to click. You know, there is so much going on here. Yeah, that was uh, that for, was for better or for worse to switch. Uh, okay. But I'd need to make another loadout to find out for sure if it's just loadout. But it seems like it's it's like five seconds for the complete talent build to, mm. to, to get it switched in. So I'm going to definitely have to redo that because I just completely slapdashed that. And I'm not going to try to heal on this character <laughs> with what I just did. That That's not going to work. If it did work, it would be hilarious and also kind of bad. Um, it's uh, It's interesting. It's interesting what they've done here. I can't tell you yet whether I think it's good interesting. Well, some okay. of it's good interesting. Some of it's bad interesting. I've been hitting the wrong button. Liz, you had talked about <laughs> how they they nerfed one thing to make people want Saved by the Light. Oh, uh, well, not... Hmm. Maybe not they, they put wanted, say, but... They put Saved by the Light in a particular note. If yeah, y'all don't play Holy Paladin, Saved by the Light is a current talent that uh, when your Beacon of Light target falls below, I believe live, it's 20% health, they get a damage shield, an absorb shield for the next uh, bit of damage. And it's it's pretty small. It's like 3,000 or something. It's not a big absorb shield. Um, So it is a talent no one takes, except very situationally in those edge cases where, you know, having a small absorb shield might prevent... a might be the difference between life and death on a tank. Sometimes I've seen I've seen paladins run that in um, like world first. It's just like you are completely focused on anything that will keep your tank alive. Some so I've seen it run sometimes, but you almost never run it. I mean, in normal situations, you just don't pick this talent. It doesn't provide any power, and usually, if it procs, it's not enough to save someone. Um, so, but now it is a two-point talent, a two-point talent that you have to 
pick to progress down the um, right side of the holy tree. You have to pick it if you want to create a Light of the Martyr build, which is focused on the uh, spell Light of the Martyr and buffing it and making it more powerful. Um, Light of the Martyr is a that's your self damage heal. Yeah, I've got it and, up on uh, right I, now. I mean, I like Light of the Martyr still being there and being kind of kind of off on its own. And, you know, you can go down there and pick it and you can have a build exactly as good as you do now. It has the conduit ability, it has the legendary ability that Light of the Martyr really shine are all in there. But it's like you have to pick, you have to put two points into Saved by the Light to get there. And you also have to put two points in Saved by the Light to get um, that new talent, Shining Savior, which buffs all your Word of Glory and Light of Dawn healing. That's all of your holy power-based healing, which is most of your healing by 5% to get that flat buff, which is, I think you're you're going to want that. because uh, So it's just odd. That's a weird one. And I've also noticed Rule of Law is, a, again, a current talent. It increases the range of our heals by 50% for 10 seconds. Um but in live, it increases the range of our heals, but it also increases the range of our mastery. So you, if I want to hear, heal someone who's far, far away, I hit that button, and it increases the range of my mastery. Holy Paladin Mastery is uh, increases the amount you heal someone based on how close you are to them. So by increasing the range of my mastery, I'm going to heal anyone who's not standing right next to me. I'm going to heal them for more if I hit Rule of Law before I hit a heal. So I always try to hit hit, hit a hit roll of law if I'm healing anyone that's not like a 10, basically. Um, but now on the alpha, it doesn't have any wording about mastery. It just says it increases the range of your heals by 50%. And um, if so, that's a real big nerf. That's a huge nerf because, yeah, yeah that's just not good. I don't like it. What tree, um, what tree is that in? Is that in the holy tree? It's in the holy tree. Um, it's it's kind of it's on the right hand side. It is uh, off to the right, below and to the right of Aura Mastery. It okay. looks like a hand, and it's the exact same hand icon that Shining Savior is actually. I think I think it's because they have. Um, here's a rule of law. I'm looking at. Yeah. yeah. I found it. I'm looking down here. Then there's Second Sunrise directly off of it, which you know creates. Uh, Light of Dawn has a 20% chance to create a second cone of yeah. light. And then there's yeah, Power I, of the Silver Hand. It feels like they've, which, they've broken stuff up instead of having it be... Yeah, but... Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, but it's just... No, rule of Law, the, the part about Mastery is just not anywhere. Yeah, increase and the range so, of With Rule of Law... That's it. Yeah, but see, like right now on live, my Mastery increased the power of my healing by like 35%. So mm -hmm. if you're standing right next to me, I'm going to heal you for 35% more than I will heal someone standing like 30 yards away. Um, my max range heals are 40 yards. So my maximum with rule of law, I can go out to 60 yards healing range. Now, if I go out to 60 yard healing range without any increase in my mastery, if I try to use that extended range without also increasing my mastery, uh, I'm either going to be healing you for a much smaller amount or I'm just not going to take that talent and bother with it because doesn't matter if I can increase the range of my healing and catch people way far away if I can't also increase the power of my healing because holy paladins have a mastery that's really based around being in the group. So, and this is a talent right now. This is an ability right now that you would just hit all the time because it's almost always going to increase your healing because it increases your mastery. But now there's nothing about mastery in there, which uh, I got to say, I have a concern. Um... 
I mean, that may just not be a skill you use a lot unless they change it back to the way it is on live right now or otherwise rework something. Um, yeah. Here's one. Power of the Silver Hand. Holy Light and Flash of Light have a chance to grant you Power of the Silver Hand, increasing the healing of your next Holy Shock by 10% of all damage and effective healing that you do within the next 10 seconds up to a maximum of 12,250. Um, which is um, weird. It's very weird and it doesn't... Okay. There, there's a lot of... This here's breaking dawn, which increases the range of light of dawn by four to forty yards. It feels okay. like they've tried well, to break it up, but they haven't given the mastery anything. That's it's strange. It's um, it's very strange because um I mean it feels to an extent like they don't know what paladin mastery is because it doesn't seem like it's a consideration so much. Because one of the things that uh, Blizzard said when they released these talents is that they want to give more flexibility for pa for Kaladins to have a caster play style. And one of the specific things they mentioned with that was Power of the Silver Hand, which I think is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. They're talking about Power of the Silver Hand encouraging a caster play style. Power of the Silver Hand is something that was from Legion, a part of the Legion artifact. Um, and... Right now, as written, it means our mana-based heals have a chance to proc something that increases the power of Holy Shock. Now, in Legion, great. We use mana-based heals all the time. And you know why we use mana-based heals all the time? It's because we did not have Holy Power. We did not have Holy Power heals. So those just didn't exist. But this ability is based purely on mana-based healing. Now, the problem with that, and kind of the problem with the paladin, holy paladins right now, as I see it, is that mana-based heals are very weak. So we're pushed into using heals based on holy power, and holy power is primarily generated in melee range, which makes it difficult to have a caster play style. You kind of want to be pushed into melee so that you can generate more holy power, so you can cast these more powerful holy power heals. And that has not been taken into consideration here. This is trying to, you know, encourage us to cast our mana-based heals more. But if our mana-based heals aren't strong enough, then we're not going to cast them to proc power of the silver hand. And it's just, it's, a, it's awkward. It's awkward. Because in the talent tree, they do have, uh, higher up, a small buff for your mana-based healing. 10%, um, I believe, pretty high up in the, in the talent tree. You can buff Holy Light and Flash of Light by 10%. But that's, that's not a ton. A little bit, but not a ton. So you still have this kind of weak mana-based healing and really strong holy power-based healing. And there's not there's nothing here that strongly encourages you to use that uh, mana-based healing. I mean, there's some talents that encourage you to use your mana-based heals, but it's with the current numbers, they don't they are still not very strong. It does not look like you could go in there and just use your mana-based heals enough to bother procking power of the silver hand. The, yep. the pal Holy Paladins have this, you know, weird dichotomy where it's like, you've got your mana heals, you've got your Holy Power heals, and it's like they don't quite fit together. It just means you never use your mana-based heals because they're bad. And honestly, if you go to something like uh, WoW Analyzer, like if you run your Warcraft logs through WoW Analyzer, which, uh, you know, you might do because it WoW Analyzer gives actually pretty good advice about, oh, you're doing your rotation, could be doing this better, could be doing that better. Uh, it's hypercritical and can be very depressing to look at WoW Analyzer's results. Uh, but one of the things it will do is that if you are a holy paladin casting mana-based heals, it will basically say, why are you wasting your time? 
you could be doing anything else and be doing more healing or more damage or more something. Just do something. Something useful. Don't use your mana. Uh, it's just a, the class is in a weird spot, and I don't see how anything in this tree addresses Blizzard's stated goal of opening up caster play styles um, that would allow you to be at range, because there are still no new right ways to generate holy power at range. And so if you want to generate most of your holy power, you're doing it in melee. So uh, I still see myself being pretty melee locked, and I don't like that. I'm not real thrilled about being a melee class. Um, I think that's the most of my complaints. I can't come in and tell there you guys now. Really- I've, I've tested it. Hmm. Changing your yeah. talents when you, when you get them all changed up, it takes five seconds. And changing your loadout, when you have a new loadout, you just click to. As soon as you click to the new loadout, you begin changing to it. And it takes five seconds. Okay. So yeah. either, either way, if you just switch down to your, you make a new loadout, it'll take you the time it takes you to pick the talents. But once you get it mm-hmm. saved in and you have that loadout saved, just click on it and it will go right back to it in five seconds. So that much I can tell you guys. As for how Holy Paladins are working out, uh, I, I do play Holy from time to time, but I am not anywhere near as experienced as Liz is. Uh, all I can tell you is it does feel like they're trying to make some stuff, like she said, trying to make it caster friendly but i you know it doesn't say anything about the mastery like nothing um none of these talents seem to address the mastery in any way yeah and the mastery is exactly the same just there's nothing it used to be that rule of law impacted mastery and now it does not and nothing else does either one thing that i do actually really like about the whole paladin setup right now is that I think I'm going to be able to make some really interesting choices. I think it's going to be really easy for me as a holy paladin to pick up an interrupt. I think I'm just always going to have an interrupt. I've never had an interrupt as a as a, a holy paladin, but now it's in the main class tree and it's positioned in a place that I'm going to become I'm going to be within one point of picking it up and I think it's going to be really easy to spend that point and pick it up. I think I can get all of the buffs to consecration and make that put out more damage and make it heal people as well, which is going to be pretty cool. For a Holy Paladin, uh, Consecration is a lot of the damage you do. So I can turn Consecration into like a stronger damage dealer and a stronger and give it some healing oomph as well. So that'll be kind of cool. I think I can pick up all of the Avenging Wrath talents, which you kind of need because you kind of need like three of them to add up to what Avenging Wrath is right now. And I also think I can pick up some retribution stuff on the retribution side of the tree and pick up the Mad Paragon, which is currently a, um, a legendary that's retribution themed that increases the damage of Hammer and Wrath, Hammer of Wrath, but also causes Hammer of Wrath to extend the duration of Avenging Wrath, which can be really nice. Avenging Wrath uptime, that's your bread and butter, butter as a paladin. So I think I'll be able to be holy. I've never, I don't use that as holy when I'm raiding, but I think I'll be able to be holy and have that mad paragon power and, you know, pop Avenging Wrath and just hammer, hammer, hammer and, you know, keep it up a little longer. I think I, I see some interesting possibilities to to get the things I have now and the things I like now and also pick up a couple of other things. Um, but yeah, there are definitely some there are some oddities here that I'm I'm certainly wondering about. I'm going to let someone else talk. I've talked okay. a lot. Go. No, I, I mean, I'm actually finding this very fascinating because like. We've established I don't know the current state of Holy Paladins or like or how things have been. Right. So like hearing you talk about it is giving me incredible insight. So I I honestly appreciate talking about it as well. 
So I mean, it's it's a really it's a really interesting class because it's a caster that's always had a melee component from day one. Because you're sitting there in plate armor, you've got a little bit of a melee component there. Uh, and for a while, um, like in Legion, which they're kind of calling back to with some of these talents, we didn't have a melee component because we didn't, you know, we didn't, we weren't forced into melee. But uh, in Legion and Battle for Azeroth, but in Shadowlands, when they added holy power back, your biggest holy power generation is in melee. And so we've really been shoved up into melee range. And it's, it's difficult being in melee range. It's so terrible. Yeah. Oh my god, we were killing this. We were killing Sledgefist the other day. We were doing Sledgefist. I Sledgefist the first time we did Sledgefist. It made me crazy. It made me so crazy. It's terrible. Um, if if no one here has killed Sledgefist, Sledgefist basically says everyone it chains people together, and you have to stay close within a few yards of the person you're chained to. And occasionally, Sledgefist will do like this big stompy thing and basically one shot you if you're in the radius of his stompy thing. So you have to run out. But if you're chained to someone, you have to run in the same direction and at the same pace that they run. Or you'll kill them. Because otherwise you'll, or yeah. you'll kill them. Yes. So how many times have I accidentally killed somebody by blinking? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or, you, you know what else will kill them is, um, Horses. yeah, you can, you can kill them with, uh, you will kill them with uh, a movement speed ability like uh, Divine Steed. You will kill them by hitting Blessing of Protection or any of those Paladin invulnerability things because that will break the chain instantly and kill them. Uh, ask me how I know. It's definitely <laughs> not because I've killed my raid leader several times. Totally, I would never do that. And also, I am very sorry. <laughs> um. But being in melee, there's just all sorts of additional pain points to think about. And ugh, it would be nice to have the option to like say, okay, I don't wanna I don't wanna do this. I wanna I wanna move over here and do something a little different. And uh Blizzard, when they rolled out these talents, they made a comment about encouraging a caster playstyle, which I would think of as a ranged playstyle. The talent build does not really fill that promise right now, I think. And, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a little, I'm going to grab the wheel now to talk a little bit about the changes to warriors. Um, please do. Basically, none of these changes are surprising, quite frankly. Um, there are some that they talked about doing beforehand and some that they had not talked about doing for, beforehand. Um, if you look at the fury tree right now, bloodthirst is the, the first thing you get. And then you go straight to raging blow. Now rampage is directly under raging blow. And that quite frankly, that's where it should have been the whole time. You are not going to have a viable fury build without rampage. Um, I mean, it's theoretically possible that you could go all the way around, make a lot of effort, not get rampage and just, you know, be viable somehow uh, through, I don't know, black sorcery, or you, you sacrificed a goat to something, <laughs> but in general rampage is the, it's a really big part of the warrior attack system. It, it, it's something that you're not gonna, you're not gonna want to be a fury warrior without it. Um, even with the 80 rage cost and all that, it just, it hits really hard. It does a lot of things, but also, you notice they put Titan's grip and single minded fury on a node before uh, single minded fury was on one side of the tree and Titan's grip was on the other side of the tree, meaning that you could theoretically build your character to have both of them. 
and thus you'd need to get four weapons. You'd need to have two one-handed weapons and two two-handed weapons if that was the build you were going for, where you did a lot of different dual wielding. Um, they've basically said that's not how we envision this. So you get Titan's Grip or you get Single-Minded Fury. And if you don't get, you know, whichever one you don't pick, you don't have it. I'm not surprised by this. I understand that some people are upset about it, but I'm not surprised by it. They've been very clear from the moment they designed Titan's Grip that they wanted it to be spec-defining. From going all the way back to, to, to uh, you know, Oh, holy heck, why can't I think of the name of the expansion? We're going to be doing it again in, in WoW Classic soon. Wrath of the Lich King? Is that what it's called? What's what's the... We did uh, have an expansion called Wrath, yes. Yeah, Wrath of the Lich King. Okay, good, because there's a warrior armor named Wrath, and it was very <laughs> confusing me. In Wrath of the Lich King, the pre-patch was when Titan's Grip first came out. Uh, I remember this because all the way back to when we were working on the other site, when that talent was announced, the person doing the live coverage of it wrote, oh, Rossi will be thrilled. And he was right. I've, I've always been a, a huge Titan's Grip partisan. But I've never wanted people to not be able to go the single-minded Fury route. And I think this is a really good compromise where they've, they've kept Titan's Grip as spec-defining. If you take Titan's Grip, that's where your spec is going. That's what you are building for. You are building around two big weapons. If instead you want to stay with two smaller weapons, you've got the available talent to do that. And you can still pick everything else since it's a node. It's a node right in the center. So you're not over on the left side of the screen now. And now you have to try to find a way to get back down to the right side to get what you wanted to get after that diversion you just took. No, it's right here. And that's, I think, in my opinion, that's a good change. Looking at other stuff, they have enraged regeneration in the central place. Basically, the center of the tree, this is purely the Fury Tree we're talking about, but the center of the tree is a lot better. It has stuff you're going to want. But it's still like you can go here and then slide over to the sides, and it's 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 e more easily able to tailor around certain ideas, like the Wrath and Fury talent here, which I'm not all that impressed by. Like you know, ten percent extra damage for Raging Blow, okay, and it's not even it's not even fully implemented yet. Uh, but th there's like you know, Meat Cleaver, Death to Experience. You could go Single Minded Fury and still pick all this stuff up, and you're gonna want Meat Cleaver. I mean. If you're doing AOE, you're going to want Meat Cleaver. Whirlwind deals 15% more damage and now affects your next three single target melee attacks instead of the next two. You're going to want that, even if you're Single-Minded Fury. Because what Single-Minded Fury and what Titan's Grip want in terms of, like, am I going AOE or am I going single target? That's stuff, you know, it doesn't matter which kind of weapon you want to use. You shouldn't be in a position where, because you wanted to get two one-handers, you're over here on the left down like here. And now you have to try to get yourself back over here. Cause that's where you want stuff like meat cleaver. So I think it's a better design tree. It does still have stuff. I'm not super thrilled of like, um, although I gotta say imp improved raging blow, it, at least it's, it's not just you get more damage. It's raging blow has two charges and has a 20% chance to instantly re reset its own cooldown. That's cool. And it's not just a, bl a bland damage thing. Sudden death, same thing. Now you can get more executes. Uh, Wrath and Fury, damage of Raging Blow is increased. But then Onslaught, which is like another attack. Uh, it, it generates rage. It doesn't consume it. And it does a lot of damage. I mean, if you compare it to Recklessness here, I mean, not Recklessness, uh, Rampage. Rampage right now on this character does 1,573. Uh, Onslaught does 1,410. So they're not far apart. 
and you could basically use Onslaught to generate 25 Rage and then throw it back into your Rampage. So you could go boom, boom, which I really like. I, I find that to, to be a good design move. So yeah, in general, I think this is a good rejigger. Some of the stuff, like the fact that critical thinking is all the way over on the left, um, it's boring, and it's like 4% crit that you'll be getting via talents. I don't think many people are going to get there if they're over here, but it, it gives you options. You can basically do a flurry build uh, if you stick on the left side of the tree, and you can basically go for a bigger AoE build if you go on the right side of the tree. So I'm happy with that. Um, we'll take a quick look at the arms spec, but I don't think there will be anything I, I majorly think needs discussing there. It's just improved stuff. Some stuff is better. Um, doo -doo -doo, sorry, I'm taking this time. But, you know, see, so has Mortal Strike, Overpower, <laughs> Tactician. Uh, Die by the Sword is back over in arms instead of being something you can get in the uh, just the class tree, which is a little sad. I mean, you always like to see people. I, I think something like Die by the Sword is, is a nice talent for everybody to have. But it's a very iconic arms talent at this point. So I understand why. But, yeah, you see, again, it's. It's generally better laid out. This is a better laid out talent tree. It allows you to get certain things without swinging wide one way or the other. And when you do decide to swing wide, when you do decide to go down one side or the other, you're, you know, you're, you're aware that you're doing it and you're not just doing it to get something that you want, but then you'll have to pull back and go down the other side. There's still some work that could be done on this. Like I think blood surge Blood Surge needs work. It's boring. Uh, your Periodic Bleed Effects have a chance to grant you 5% Rage. Uh, considering that your Periodic Bleed Effects, the most most common one is going to be Rend, which is a class, it's just a class warrior talent. If you don't take it, all your bleeds and arms are going to be based on Deep Wounds. And that's not a talent anymore. It just is something you do when you hit people. So there's there's some wonkiness, but it, it, generally speaking, it's better executed. Prot hasn't gotten any real changes, so I'm not going to talk about that. But yeah, um, I'm generally pretty, I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing. I still have some of the concerns I've had before. Um, for starters, this picture of an arms warrior on this talent pane looks like an awful lot like a Frost Death Knight. Like, <laughs> what is he doing? Why is, like, why is stuff coming out of his mouth? Why does it look like he's literally exhaling a cloud of coldness? That's not something warriors do. We are not, we are not frozen and dead people. Get it together, guys. Um, but it also looks like he's dual-wielding weapons. Which is also not something arms warriors do. It's like, guys, what am I looking at? Help me out here. Uh, but that's basically, that is my thing about arms and fury. Uh, I will say too that I think, I still feel like the Drakthir Evoker is the best healing class we're going to see in this expansion. Um, not the, uh, go ahead. Preserver. Preservation? Yeah, the, yeah, preserver. It's not the Evoker. Well, the evoker, is, evoker is, is the, the class. Uh, Preservation is yeah. the tree. Yeah, pre preservation is the tree, but the, uh, the class is the evoker. I I still I still think the evoker is going to be one of the best heals. But Joe is keep trying to say something. So I mean, I agree with you. I don't like it, but I agree with you because that tends to be what always happens. And I so this is this is going to sound. It's not meant to sound spurious, but the new classes tend to always get the most attention when a a new expansion is coming out or when a new class is being done because very they very obviously they want that class to be fun. But the problem is, is you run into maybe overtuning where they those classes maybe outshine others because when Death Knights first released, they outshined every other tank for a good long while. Um, when monks released, they outclassed healers and tanks for a good while. 
uh, Demon Hunters outclass tanks for a while, and now we're adding another healing and DPS class. I don't know how the DPS side is going to shape up, but I also do agree that I think they're going to be probably the most solid uh, solid healer out of all of them. Yeah, the mobility on the Evoker. It's, it's hard it's to DPS, beat. It's yeah, so whether it's hard DPS to beat. or healer, the, the mobility is amazing. Having played one, having used it in just, just in world play, the uh, mobility is just so nice for certain situations. Like Liz was talking about how she doesn't like to be up in melee. The Evoker mm-hmm. is a, it's a moderate range class. It doesn't go quite up into melee, but if I wanted to go up into melee and cast stuff, I've got hover and hover is beautiful. Yeah. It, hover hover is real quick, strong. Yeah. Relatively quick refresh and you can run up, you know, you could basically just glide into melee, cast your big AOE, um, heal over time oh. and then just glide back out and, and take no damage and be in and out. Mm-hmm. Or you could, you could do it the other direction. You could pop out, hit the range with something, pop back in. It's, it's, and the thing about it is it makes your cast time heals cast while you are moving. That's so nice. You, yeah. You can run in, get into range because the range isn't as good, but you can run in, get into range, cast your heal and keep moving the whole time. Cause it's up for like six seconds. I, it's a good amount of time. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a good heal. I mean, it's a good spell. They're a they're a very flexible healing class. I haven't gotten one like I, I think the max level on the current alpha will be sixty five. I haven't played one at that level yet. Um, but the the lowest level you you get is sixty. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see them. Uh, and, and I will it will be interested to see how many people re-roll evoker so they can get a healer to max level fast. Because, like I said, the max level, you start them at level 60. I think 58, maybe. Maybe 58. But nevertheless, you, it's, it is very reminiscent of when people were rolling Death Knights and, and they just were the most dominant tanks in the game by a lot. It does feel an awful lot like that. So, But uh, does anyone else have anything else to talk about? Uh, like, we don't know much about the dungeons right now. and like, I don't think any of us have run them. No. No. So... I mean, it just, I, they're, they're bringing builds up on Tuesday afternoons. So it's like, we find out and then we talk to you about them. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I'm kind of just waiting to see how things are going to share because they're still moving talents around on mine. So I don't have anything else to really talk about. Well, I mean, they, you have gotten a chance to look at the new resto talents, right? Yes. And I've submitted my feedback. There was just, Sorry, I'm looking at the latest one. Um, yeah, I, there was just one, I think, today. There was one today. Um, so I need to dive back in and take a look, but I'm looking at the the current build they're definitely still moving stuff around and trying to make it a little more viable as far as like my biggest my biggest complaint was it didn't seem like there was clear pathing and my secondary complaint and i think it still holds is like the top tier talents aside from like primal tide core and maybe ascendance depending on what content you're doing I don't know if the other two really feel like they should be top tier. And like it's hard for me to say because I haven't spent a whole lot of time with Primordial Wave and all the things that you can do with it. But I also don't think it's as good as some of the other stuff. So, But we'll see. I'm, I'm not as angry with it as I was when they first released it. And that is a step in the right direction because I was not happy with it when it first released. Um, yeah, we remember. I think Pepper, Pepper's Farm remembers. Everybody remembers. I was not exactly, uh, <laughs> I wasn't exactly okay. uh, nonchalant about it, but it's better. It's getting better. 
Yeah, I think in general, what we can see by looking at what they've done so far, and Holy is not a good example for this because it just came out. It's brand new, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah brand in general, new. Uh, they seem to be making an effort to make stuff flow better. Like where certain talents and abilities are where they need to be so that they can be picked up by multiple people. They've made node abilities that split up certain things so you you can't have both of them thus making those things spec defining. And in general, if you decide you want to go, if you decide looking at your build that you want to build for like a specific direction for a specific kind of build, you are not forced to go too far down the opposite tree and rob yourself of talents that will help you progress. Uh, the, the builds are, are aiming to get you to the bottom of the tree if you want to get there. Um, but as Liz pointed out, holy as it is right now, doesn't feel like it needs to get to the bottom of the tree. And that's well, interesting to me. I mean, I think, yeah, I can't, I can't quite decide. I can't decide. I mean, I'm going to pick up Divine Toll and um, uh, uh, Avenging Wrath. Uh, Avenging Wrath. Uh, they've split it into two talents. And uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm, and, uh, you know, there are Avenging Wrath talents at the very bottom of the Holy Tree. But it's like, man, I don't know. I don't know. And certainly in like the general, the general paladin tree, it feels like, okay, some of these I need, but like the holy kind of edge, the healing edge of the general paladin tree feels like, I don't even want that. Why would I want that? I don't know. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, there's it's definitely, weird. There's weird. Definitely I don't understand. Some, yeah, there's definitely some stuff that needs to be worked on still. But at this point, we're going to move on to talk about some other things. One of the things I wanted to talk about as fast as possible is that we now have an end date for Diablo three season 26, which is the 21st of August. And that, you know, as, as has been pointed out, that's next week. I believe that's next Friday. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it next weekend weekend? I think it is actually. Yeah. Cause I mean, today's the ninth. So seven plus nine would be uh, uh 16 so next tuesday is the 16th so 17 18 19 2021 so it's actually next sunday yeah. it's the sunday after yeah, the sunday we're we have we're writers we should not be asked to do math um yes very much although uh, yeah. I've, I've been told i'm a math guy because i can count with my fingers um mm. but yeah that's that's ending then which means we'll probably see um if we get season 27 on the following friday which we usually do it ends on a sunday and then starts up again on a friday it would be the 26th or if it's 12 days instead of five days, it would be in September. It would be the first Friday in September, which I don't remember what that is at the moment, but that's what it would be. Uh, it's more likely that it'll be um, within a, like five days, though. That's that's what they generally try and do. Um, and this has been a relatively long season thanks to the uh, PTR issues. So, But yeah, I, we're going to get mm -hmm. season 27 with the whole angel weapon type thing. That's, that's coming up next. Uh, it's kind of similar to what they did in season 25, but it's, it's also distinct. So we also, um, Diablo immortal season three is now live. Uh, I think Liz in the email said it was Friday, uh, last Friday. It went uh, live. Yeah, last Friday it went live. Yeah. So and it, they are the article, really zooming through the seasons. Yeah. In the article that, uh, we have on the site, uh, it's mentioned that they're, they're aiming to have new content every two weeks and a new season every month seems to be where we're going yeah that's about so, average for yeah. battle pass type stuff or or things that have things like in that nature month is about this about what they tend to run with so that's if you are still playing diablo mortal i i sadly am not just because i don't have time uh i did not that it's a bad game i actually thought it was a pretty good game but i'm not going to be spending money on it and i don't have time to do like to, to grind through it to test dragonflight 
to play other games I want to play. There's not it's enough like hours in the day. Yeah, something I had to give. But yeah, if you're still playing it, then that's cool news to know. Um, I do want to mention the uh, update to the conduits thing that Liz mentions here, uh, which yeah. is kind of fascinating to me. Um, I don't think 10K Cosmic Flux is that low, but they did buff Cosmic Flux. You want to talk about that one, Liz? Oh, what am I talking about? Um, I mean, 10K Cosmic Flux isn't uh, that bad. Conduits, conduits. Um, yes, as of last week, you can uh, go and buy an upgrade to all of your conduits, every one of them, all at once, to level 278, which is great if you are like me and all you ever get are conduits for your off specs because, you know, conduits can be pretty good. Some conduits are pretty good. Now, for 10k Cosmic Flux, you can upgrade all of them all at once and, uh, Fortunately, today, all Cosmic Flux drops have been doubled, so it will be easier to get those upgrades for you, for your alts, for your friends, for anyone, anyone, anyone at all, which I, I think that's great. It's the, end of, it's the end of an expansion, so why not get your alts all up there? And you stopped talking, so I'm assuming you're done? I, that's, that's pretty much it. Okay, uh, that's <laughs> Upgrades fine. are great. Easier to, easier to get upgrades are even greater. Yes. I would agree. So um, I did want to mention, uh, we, we had talked about it very briefly that um, Wrath of the Lich King classic is coming out. Uh, I also mentioned, I couldn't remember its name, but that's, that's, you know, me getting old <laughs> and being sick, but it's next month. I believe it's at the end of September. Uh, if I'm not insane, like I know that there's an actual date. I just can't remember what it is. But I think it's at the end of next uh, well, month. Well, now, now I have to, now I have to look it up to make sure that I do not mess it up and say it wrong. Um, That's great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the 26th of September. So yeah, we're, we're a little bit under two months away from it. Uh, when it comes out, one of the things we're seeing, there's going to be some realm consolidation for Burning Crusade Classic Realms in advance of the uh, launch of, of Wrath Classic. And the race and faction changes are apparently coming to Wrath Classic. I didn't see like if they're coming with the launch of Wrath Classic or if they're going to come in a future patch. Uh, but that's pretty interesting because remember they, we're, there's lots of stuff that's not coming um, because they felt it didn't suit what they were trying to do with Wrath Classic. Um, for instance, the uh, the looking looking for group functionality for Dungeon Finder that's not coming. But apparently, race and, and faction transfer are coming. So they felt like that was this something is, that they could go along with. It's just interesting to see. They, they explained this as, you know, they felt like this improves the social dynamic of the game because making a faction transfer means you can go and play with your friends. You know, if your friends happen to be Horde, you happen to be Alliance, you can race, uh, race change, faction transfer, and play with your friends. And there you go. You got it. And they had said, you know, the group finder stuff, the automatic group finder stuff, they'd, you know weren't going to do in Wrath Classic because it removes that some of that kind of community feeling where you go out and you find a group and you know all the people on your server rather than randomly hitting the LFG button and going with whoever comes up. Um, so yeah, this uh, they're really kind of cherry-picking features based on what they believe will continue this sort of community feel that everyone thinks of with Classic. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to see that because it's it's a pretty big deviation from the way the, that uh, WoW Classic was when it launched. But I think it's an it's not a bad deviation. If you're going to make the deviation, it's not a bad one to do is to think about everything as a holistic piece in this 
overall puzzle of how you want this this thing that is not just a retread of the original to to work. Mm-hmm. You're trying to basically create a a server where this this particular expansion lives, it, where it's a living thing, where it breathes, where it can have changes like changes they might have made if they had just kept doing Wrath instead of putting out Cataclysm. So I'm interested in seeing it. Uh, but uh, Joe, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. No, I was just agreeing with you. Like it, say something about how much you agree with me. I mean, it's just, it's it's good. Like it's one of the things we talked about a lot. Whereas I'm glad it's not just a retread of the original game. Like making good calls on the fly, trying to do things that that make sense and that line up more with today's sensibilities, and having it be its own sort of like development cycle, its own entity. That's sort of it's a lot like when we talk about how the bronze dragon flight has all these different threads that they tend to and kind of keep it from fraying. I like that this thread's kind of growing and kind of growing from a small little thread into a giant rope. So it's, it's good. Nothing wrong with it. Alrighty. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about, because like I said at the, during the pre-show, I want I, there was no way I wasn't going to talk about this one is that spell jammer is coming out soon. And uh, I think everybody here has gotten to look at the books at this point. Um, am I wrong? Um, I've gotten them. I've gotten them, but I have not looked at them because okay. But life. you can talk. You can talk about how pretty they are because this they is are really pretty. Like wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I looked at the box for like five minutes before I even opened it, just thinking, you know, a I didn't feel well, but b man, this thing's pretty. Uh, but yeah, Joe, you have you gotten to read through it at all? I've gotten to read through a lot of it. Uh, like I am super super happy with it. Um, we talked about this a little bit with, uh, with Greg on the the Tavern Watch podcast, and you should absolutely go listen to that. We talked about Radiant Citadel. Uh, we talked a little bit about what we could with Spelljammer. Um, but I'm just excited in general. Uh, the fact that Thrykreen are back makes me exceptionally happy. Um, that is a, I mean, you knew that I was going to be one of the things I zeroed in on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like the fact that ship combat and exploration is streamlined compared to what it used to be. Um, it's going to sound goofy. The one thing that I really, really enjoy with it is because we got the... Our preview copy came with the the Dungeon Master screen. And I actually really enjoy that. I like the Dungeon Master screen. And I love when they have like really useful information on them. As your standard stuff, like you know, setting a DC, your skills and associated abilities... Um, then it has things like suffocating because yes, you're going to be traveling in, in the, the void between places, how to handle weightlessness, uh, the different sort of weird setup that the astral plane has, including where to find dead gods, um, how to manage astral encounters, wild encounters, both types of tables, three tables, four tables, just dedicated to random encounters while on a spell jammer, uh, ship to ship distancing combat, like stuff like that. I love it. It makes me so happy. We can do weird things. Stuff that I've been having to homebrew forever. I have rules and I wasn't too far off. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm just excited. Everything. It's no, basically everything it I is. wanted it to be. It's it's a really good book for doing it. It basically takes the old Spelljammer stuff, throws out the stuff that doesn't really matter or match the, uh, the D and D five E cosmology and makes it just about, you know, having cool adventures on a magic ship in space. 
with with that's, maybe that's maybe you're hanging out with uh, space monkeys. Maybe you're hanging out with space hippos. Maybe you're hanging out with a space mantis that can't really talk, but somehow just talks to you psychically. Maybe it's a giant miniature space hamster that is actually a monk in your party. Who knows? Uh, although the inclusion of space clowns made me very sad because I saw that. I was like, oh, oh. Because I think I, you said I did it because it didn't make me sad. I mean, I already threw space clowns at you, at you guys. That the, the very they were first just game, clowns. They weren't space clowns. They, they were. Speaking. It was the astral circus. It absolutely was. <laughs> well, regardless, I'm 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 thinking of uses for the space clowns as we speak. But oh, yeah, I, I just think in general, um, I I like that this book exists. Um, I'm going to point out though. A giant miniature space hamster is one thing, but you want to play an actual giant hamster, don't you? No. But you actually want to play in-between. a miniature one. The in-between. It's it's yeah. a, So there's the giant miniature space hamster, which is the small one. That's what Boo yeah. is. And then you have the giant space hamster, which is a beast of burden that can be ridden into battle. I want to play the in-between, where it's, you know, not quite there, not quite there. It'll be fine. I already made the character. I did it while we were doing the pre-show. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's. Well, an, I mean, that's I want to see it. I want to see what this looks like now. It has, click over. It'll be. Visible. It has. It has an art. You have to go into the character. I found. I found a, a profile picture for it. But I think in general, it's a really. It's it's basically whether or not you like D anD D, and that's totally up to you as a, as a TTRPG player. Maybe you like D anD D. Maybe you don't. In terms of quality product for this game, Wizards has been going nuts this year and the the, the previous year, the past couple of years. Just home run after home run, uh, just putting out amazing stuff from Theros on, from the Tasha's oh, yeah. book, you know, just just the new Morning Canaan's. Yeah, the morning new Morning Canaan's is is a thing to see. Uh, they're doing a really good job of bringing stuff, consolidating it. Fizzbins was amazing. Witchlight is really good. Um, I I feel like having played through Witchlight, I, that it is it is a very unique game that I have not yet gotten to see all the parts on and i do really and i really enjoy how they're coupling things too like mm-hmm. releasing journey through the radiant citadel and then releasing Spelljammer directly after it wasn't absolutely intentional because the two are like bookends of the same thing right yeah they absolutely fit together and i love uh, it i absolutely love it however uh we're almost done with the show and we haven't done any emails and i wanted to at least do a couple um, so there's I'm gonna been tr- so much going on. There's yeah. been so much going on lately. Qu- quite frankly, guys, we are not talking about Dragonflight as much as we probably should, just because none of us can play it like constantly. It, it's also like, in a it's, it's also in a state of flux right now too. So we yeah. we have to take that with yeah. a grain of salt, right? Yeah, so stuff that changes, stuff that doesn't. But at this point, I'm going to say if you've got a question for the podcast, you can go to our Discord. We've got two channels there. One of them is the patron Q and podcast question channel for patrons. And if you're not a patron and you can afford to be a patron, if you ever want to be in a and D game that I or Joe, or maybe even Liz run <laughs> seriously, think about being a patron. Cause we're going to be doing this for patrons. We're going to be starting D and D games for them. I have a or pirate maybe campaign in mind. Yeah. Uh, maybe I should, I systems. should, I should, I should clarify this in that we are working on creating a new Patreon tier, which will include playing D&D with us. Yeah. But uh, currently it is not an option. We are doing some test runs with current patrons. But yep. if this is something you want to do, if it's something that you like, yeah, tell us. Tell us. We love yeah. you. We would love to play D&D with you. Yeah. And if we can, you know, let, let's not pretend we're not, we don't have a selfish thing here. If I could get you guys to set it up so you're paying me to run multiple D&D games in a month, <laughs> I am okay with this concept. <laughs> But anyway, if you can't afford to be a patron, and we do understand the way life works, uh, I've had to drop a couple of Patreons I was on. Um, 
still, we do want to hear from you. Um, we've got the Q and podcast questions channel for non-patrons. Absolutely look there too. So I think some of the questions this week, this, this email that most aren't going to get used, unfortunately, because again, there was a lot to talk about, but you can also email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We love to get emails. Put, please put in um, podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show. Um, this week, I actually didn't start a fight with Joe over a question because the person asked a question for both Lore Watch and this show. So yes, I just thank took you. The question for this show, and I took the one for the Lore Watch. There. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to read. I'm going to read these because, uh, quite frankly, after my eye injections last week crippled me for three days, I want to test this eyeball thing I've got going on. See if the, if the injections are doing anything. So, first question. Tharaval. Couple of questions for the alpha havers, one a little more technical than the other. First question, Drakthir. Can you use Soar in combat to escape an encounter? Either of you guys want to answer this? I don't know if you can. I haven't tried. Liz? I don't know. Sorry. I, I do. Mean, also, I they... they just changed Soar. Uh, Liz, you want to say yeah, that? Yeah, right? they did just change Soar. Yeah, yes. They, they cut down the time, the speed of it. They made the cooldown slightly less, and it resets faster if you're in a zone you've already explored. Uh, but I can tell you sore is not castable in combat. That would make sense. Yeah. Like you straight up just can't cast it. So no, you cannot just soar out of here. If things are bad, you are not a druid using flight form to pick all the flowers and then just popping up the second that it gets done. It doesn't work that way. Uh, but number two, I don't know how much this has been explored, but on saved talent prof- profiles, is there anything in the file system to go with that? IE a folder and saved variables for the, the talent loadout that ha- then to loadouts that have been saved. I can tell you up front, there's nothing in that folder. No, so I looked in, I looked in save variables. There's it, nothing there for this. It associates with your character profile, like uh, custom layouts do as far as like uh, your bar layouts and things like that. So it's essentially treated in the same manner. So there you have it. Uh, hope those were okay for you. I actually uh, did look into that one actually, because <laughs> I was curious. Yeah. yeah I, I checked the, uh, for just so we can answer the question, but there's nothing in save variables for it. It's just on your character. That does mean that if you wind up having to blow out like your RTF and folders and stuff like that, you might lose your presets. All right. Uh, going to ask another one, but I want to get through this fast as possible because we only, we're almost out of time. Whew, we'll go for this one. Uh, good day, frosty peepers. I have some questions, one for lore watch and one for the main podcast. Um, general. Some of the most fun I've had in game was as a disc priest at the end of mists, DPSing to heal. Let me be a, a capable healer for raid finder, but I wasn't a liability due to my terrible spatial awareness. I get why the smart healing and massive AOE heals were removed, but I miss it. What abandoned mechanics or playstyle do you miss that nobody else seems to like? I hope these questions meet your standards. And the Arlothotek, uh, Shadow Priest. So I'm going to start throwing this one to Liz. Anything in particular? Um, well, I will say, you know, being a ranged paladin, I was just in the alpha forums, you know, I was going to write out my feedback for everything, and the first comment I saw when I logged on to the paladin alpha feedback forum was, did anyone want to be a caster paladin? And I'm sitting here thinking, yes, yes, I wanted to be a caster paladin. I liked being a caster paladin. Not having to sit in melee was really fun. This is me. This is me wanting this. I am a person who wants this. Um, but I'm not sure if that's, if that's actually a common thing that no one likes, but certainly the melee playstyle is, uh, very popular with a lot of people who want to be in there and hit things and also throw some heals. Just, uh, I came here to heal and I wish I could just heal. Hitting things is fun, but I mean, maybe not all the time I could cast heals more. I don't know. So that's what I got. Joe? 
Uh, honestly, they gave me a bunch of the stuff that I've always wanted, uh, and I know that I'm in the minority of enjoying things like, I don't know, survival being a melee for hunters. Um, I used to like that. I used to like being able to build a melee hunter in vanilla and then kind of being wacky with it and going forth and doing melee things and stealing hatchets from uh, other uh, melee classes because that was a thing that happened. Uh, so they've kind of given me almost everything that I wanted. The only thing that has not returned that I kind of miss was the shaman tank. And I talk about it all like I've talked about it a million times. I enjoyed back during the time of like Karazhan being like premium content that a boomkin and a resto hybrid spec shaman could tank that entire raid and hold threat effectively because you could build yourself to do that. It was really fun and weird. Uh, it only ever served like that purpose, uh, but it was just fun. I do kind of miss it. I would argue that the best t- shaman tank at the time wasn't any kind of resto, although the resto certainly got better threat, uh, but it was a um, enhancement shaman. Yeah, it was uh there was a, it was a resto enhancement hybrid build. That was the yeah. premium tank. You spec in the enhancement tree far enough down to get your evasion points and then used all the threat generation from the uh, healing to make sure that DPS could not rip it off of you. So yeah. Um, the one I did, I do, I went with a straight enhancement build. Because you just got so much uh, survival from it, and of course you 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 wore PvP because you could push crits off the table with uh, resilience back then. Oh yeah, but yeah. In terms of the problem I have is that the one thing I was gonna say, everybody seems to like it. Everybody uh, every time it's brought up, warriors are like, "Yeah, I want that back." It's it's gladiator stand. I want gladiator stands back. I want prot warriors to have a a stance that makes them DPS. Um, It's never going to be viable, but I, I still want it to be there, and a lot of other warriors would like it. To. But since it's so popular, I don't think it it is something I can say nobody else seemed to like it, because everybody else seemed to like it. So I would instead say I would really like to see back is a, is a Death Knight thing. And I've not seen this mentioned a lot. Maybe I'm just looking in the wrong places. But I want you to be able to tank in any Death Knight spec. Because I tanked on the Death Knight back in an original wrath and i tanked as a frost death knight yep not as a blood death knight yep and frost was the absolute king of aoe threat uh blood had a lot of stuff going for it and if you were really going to be tanking a lot of bosses blood was the way to go but frost was the ultimate five person tanking build. blood blood was unkillable frost was the ultimate aoe and yeah unholy was just like unholy was you would summon like you would basically use your your various undead summons and you would just juggle them and you juggle like stuff like army of the dead. And you absolutely like you were, you were great in bursts. You were like unkillable in bursts and you did a lot of AOE threat because of all the diseases. You weren't as good at AOE as frost and you weren't as good at surviving as blood, but you had a great combination. Like blood was, I think I would have said Unholy was the best off tank because they could, they could tank very effectively but they would, their cooldowns would go out and then they would be less effective or they could do a lot of AOE damage. Again, cooldowns would run out and they wouldn't be able to do as much But because they, they could switch back and forth. Like if, if you knew I'm going to be off tanking, I'm going to be taunting off of him and then holding it for a little while and then giving it back, Unholy was unreal. Unholy was really good. Um, I get why a lot of people hated this. Um, for one thing, most people playing a Death Knight didn't necessarily want to tank and they didn't want to have to have a viable tank build 
They just wanted to, to spec their thing and do their job. They didn't want to suddenly be, hey, yo, you're, you know, you can, you've got a frost build. Go ahead and tank this for us. And th- the builds that were viable tanks were, were still builds. You couldn't just show up in any frost build and tank. You had to have a build designed around it. There were specific talents in the other trees you needed to take. And it was a lot of work. It was, there's a lot of reasons why people might not have liked it, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was the best thing ever. Um, I could finally tank with a two-handed weapon. I could finally tank and dual wield. I was like, this is perfect. This is beautiful. And I still miss it. So that's going to be my, what I say on that one. Uh, either you guys want to do one more or are we done? I, I feel like I should throw in one for Corey, who keeps okay. mentioning a paladin talent he wished would come back. Divine Intervention. Who here remembers the joy of divine intervention when a paladin could save themselves from a repair bill by killing themselves to save someone else and putting a bubble on them? I remember a paladin in my guild when we were doing the uh, Blackwing Lair for the first time, getting up to Nefarian on our, our first pull. We spent the night getting him closer and closer. And on the, the uh, attempt where we did 5%, I was tanking and a paladin DI'd me. <laughs> and suddenly I couldn't yeah. obviously couldn't hold threat on Nefarian because I was in a bubble and before I could get the bubble clicked yep. off he just went and killed everybody else so I just stayed in the bubble and then afterwards like did someone get a DI out? I'm like yeah he DI'd me you're all running back <laughs> I'm a warrior I cannot raise you so yeah the, I remember that uh, but D- DI sure and life are the two I, trolliest things that the game ever had yeah it really is. It is such a troll ability. And like, I understand why they removed it because it, it provides a very small utility. I mean, it does like, if there's a wipe, you can DI and save a healer. I mean, but that's like the only use of it. That's the only use of this ability. Yeah, It's, uh, it's, like, it's like the paladin version of feign death, except with like 200% more possibility for abuse. Yes, it's a paladin feign death, except you kill yourself. You actually do you die. You still die. <laughs> yes, you do. But, of course, the important thing was that when you divine interventioned and died, you did not get a repair bill. I mean, that was really the crucial part of divine intervention. You wanted to divine intervention somebody. It didn't matter who, just so you didn't have to pay your repair bill. Or, yeah, again, because you, you, you're interested in wiping the, gil- the raid because you're, you're punchy and it's the middle of the night and you want to go home. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can you can take it in any direction you like. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll get you then that one. But uh, I think at this point, <laughs> then we're going to let that go. Uh, we're going to just get out of here, which means Joe does his ending spiel. Absolutely. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast sighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Uh, Thanks, Joe. Uh, And thanks to both Joe and Liz for being here and taking up the slack as I was. This, I didn't even know I'd be able to host today. I was, I've been really not doing it. But um, I got through an hour and a half, so maybe, uh, maybe I'll be okay. Yay. Um, thank you guys so much for being here with us. If, again, if you've got a question for the show, you can go to our Discord, and you can ask in our patron Q and podcast questions channel for patrons, and you can ask in our Q and podcast questions channel for non-patrons, or you can email us at uh, podcast at blizzardwatch.com, the subject line podcast of Blizzard Watch. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we'll see you next week.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.